John needs to go there and check out Jack Frost, who is uh, one of our guests uh, from time to time. Matter of fact, maybe we should have get Jack Frost on this station. He can he can fix all the problems in the world. Jack Frost is an amazing guy. I'd love to hear him react to the top three stories of the day and see what he has to say about how they reflect the Christmas spirit. And and what a segue. This John Combest, by the way, this is Brad and John, uh, the Brad and John Show, BJShow.co, but that's not up yet, but we're working on it. Uh, anyway. Episode seven. It's our lucky number seven, <laughs> yeah, Brad. That's my seven. favorite number. You know that? Is it really? Number seven. Oh, yeah. Number seven is my number. That's John Combest. John Combest is, uh, he calls himself the political provocateur. Um, and that's a, I, I, an homage to, uh, you know, it's an interesting, it's a homage or homage. Which one is it? It's homage. Homage. But, okay. but if you, uh, if you, if you pay it forward, it's homage. Now, but I think if, if it's standalone, it's homage is that, and homage. It's, it's the same word, right? It's spelled the same word, just has two different pronunciations, correct? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's like the test of how do you say, how do you pronounce this word, Brad? C-A-R-I-B-B-E-A-N. Caribbean. Okay, so say the name of the movie. Well, it's, it's Caribbean, right? So yeah. Okay. So it depends on is it Pirates of the Caribbean or do you travel to the Carib or do you travel to the Caribbean? You know, I've never seen any of those movies. <laughs> I've never seen any of them either. The only thing I do know is that there's a wonderful song from the 1980s called Caribbean Queen. Oh yeah, yeah, by yeah. Billy yeah. Ocean. Billy yeah. Ocean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to, I used to play that quite a bit. That was a good disco record. Okay. I imagine it was. John Combest is this guy who sits around in the morning, every morning for twenty, what, twenty-two years now? Twenty-two plus years. Twenty-two years. Yeah. Twenty-two years puts together a site called JohnCombest.com. It's John is common spelling J-O-H-N Combest C-O-M-B-E-S-T dot com, and he lists. All the political stories in the entire state of Missouri, uh, whether it be on television, radio, newspaper, blog sites, stuff like that. And every day, we're going to start off with the top three. So what's, let's go down in order. Third most important story this morning on johncombest.com. And importantly today, yesterday listening back to the show, there were two times when Brad wanted to ask questions and I didn't hear him oh. and I stepped over him. So I'm going to make sure to not do that today. The number three story today is that at Washington University, a professor tweeted when there were protests, when there were pro-Palestine protests in Los Angeles at the home of a Jewish uh, political action committee leader, a Washington University professor tweeted that it was, quote, pretty cool, unquote, to protest outside this leader's home. So there's been a controversy over that. Washington University, as of today, has not punished this professor, but the professor clarified to the Post-Dispatch that he wasn't making an anti-Jewish statement at all. He was just saying that the leader of the pro-Jewish group should not live in peace. He was not making a comment about all Jews. So that's his um, clarification there. Okay, can, so that's story can, number can, three. Can I stop you on that one for a minute? Absolutely. Isn't that, isn't he essentially saying sort of the same thing? I mean, he, you said he, his clarification was that the guy who's head of this Jewish organization should not live in peace? Yeah, that was his, that he believes that someone who carries out anti-Palestinian, who supports anti-Palestinian policies should not live in peace. John. However, I mean, his, and however, he's, he says this is nothing against the Jews or the Jewish people, but people who support this policy should not live in peace. So that's his uh, very – I mean, he is an academic, Brad. He is at Washington University. 
I, I guess I, I scratch, you know, John, I'll be honest with you. I scratch my head on this whole thing. Yeah. I guess I am still shocked at the backlash against Jewish people. I mean, right. I do not understand this. I mean, if you talk about, you, if you name all your, your, if you go through all the quote-unquote minorities who have been, uh, you know, uh, subjugated or whatever you want to call it throughout the decades, throughout the centuries, you've got, you know, I mean, you go back in history and you can find all sorts of situations where this group, you know, uh, dominated this group and, you know, killed them all or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, the Jews have always been persecuted. I mean, for like the last 2,000 years, right? Absolutely. I mean, and, and, and once again, my situation is I know a lot of Jewish people. My best friend uh, for years used to be a Jewish guy. He worked at the radio station I worked at. I've gone to a lot of events, uh, you know, with in, in you know with Jewish people. One of my right. good clients and turned into a great friend was Randy Bluestone, guy that owns the Country Club Car Wash. Died way too quick. Knew him very well. Jewish guy. I you know, and once again, almost every one of these people, they are upstanding, good people who are hardworking. You know, and normally they stay in their lane and they don't cause any problems. You know what I'm saying? I do. And you know what? The underreported thing about this trend of anti-Semitism, if you believe that there is a trend of uh, an increasing trend of anti-Semitism in the last two months, what doesn't get enough credit or blame is quite simply TikTok and the number of very uh, effective anti-Semitic memes you know, quick clips that are taken, um, suggestions of media bias, suggestions of controlling the media. And, you know, the, the beautiful thing, if you're a pro Hamas activist, is that you can you, you can post a video and claim that it is a Gaza hospital being attacked and put a put a catchy, you know, caption to it. And there is no fact checking on this. By, by the so way, you'll get millions of, of reshares. By the way, did you did you read the article about the BBC reporter? Do you know this story? I don't know the story. Oh, no. my God. I'll pull the we'll, we'll talk about this. Uh, let's talk about when you're done with the top three. We'll OK, ta so we'll talk was... about this because to me, to me, once again, I have <laughs> you're not Shelly. I get so used to Shelly. Every time I'd say this, Shelly, oh, <laughs> I have two worthless degrees. I have a bachelor's degree in, 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 in journalism and a master's in journalism. OK, those two degrees are absolutely, excuse me, absolutely positively worthless nowadays. I mean, just worthless because mm -hmm. of the fact that nobody practices journalism. I mean, right. and, and when, I, when I tell you this BBC story, you're not going to believe it. When I read the story, I thought to myself, I don't, I don't, I almost don't believe the story because, yeah. well, anyway, keep going. Let's go with number I'll, two. I'll keep going with that. And then we could also discuss later in the show, speaking of journalism, Brad and I are on the same page when it comes to the relative value of higher education. On a better note, Rankin opened a facility in North St. Louis two days ago, and, and the spoiler is, Governor Parson and Tashara Jones were photographed holding hands, Brad. It was ah, a tender, tender moment. How in the world does that happen? <laughs> yeah, the, the world is about to fall off. You know, cats and dogs will live together. Bears will relieve themselves inside cities. <laughs> yes. uh, I stole that line. Anyway, the number two story, uh, Scott Fawn from this week in Missouri politics on his midweek update yesterday hosted one of the top political consultants, if not the top political consultant in Missouri, who ran through every statewide race across the state. So it's a, it's a really compelling video if you're interested in the who's who. And then the top story, also in that same realm, Scott Fawn published a, what he calls a statewide tip sheet. He usually does it monthly, sometimes quarterly. 
if you have any interest in statewide races in Missouri, it breaks down every race, how much the candidates have. You know, our friends Bill Igel and Jay Ashcroft and Mike Kehoe, all the way down to the state treasurer and attorney general race. So those are the top three stories today. Okay, let's go back to, I'll tell you what, uh, let me see if I can find this really quick. I thought I saved the link, but I didn't. The guy's name is, let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, by the way, um, more and more, um, I, I look at, you know, I, I try to be quote-unquote fair and balanced. Sounds like the old uh, out yeah. for for Fox News. On a daily basis, I know you're. this is what you do. You're perusing all these sites. I normally go through Fox, CNN, and, and MSNBC. So in other words, I and a, lot diverse, of, and a lot of times, you know, you read the Fox story, and then you read the, 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 the especially the CNN story, and you're thinking, am I reading the same story? You know what I mean? Is, right, is, is, this, about, is this about the same topic? Because so, sometimes they are so incredibly divergent as far as, yeah. you know, what the story is. Hold on a minute. Well, let's see if we can find it. And I don't mean to flatter you here, Brad. But let me flatter you. So few people intentionally seek out contrarian views or oppositional views. And I use the metaphor all the time. When I want to read about a St. Louis Cardinals game, if the Cardinals are playing the Philadelphia Phillies, the first story I will read, I'll go to Philadelphia, I'll go to the Philadelphia Inquirer and read their sports coverage because I know that their sports reporter doesn't give a rip about the Cardinals and the Cardinals fans or how the Cardinals players feel about what he writes. I feel like I'm getting a contrarian view of my favorite baseball team. So I'll read that before I'll read the St. Louis Post-Dispatch coverage. Well, it's, it's, I kid about the fact that I'm not, I'm not much of a sports fan, but the interesting thing for me, um, where I can't, I can't find it. There's a the story is there's a bunch of I'm searching it right now I can't find it the BBC reporter um, was the reporter who essentially said that the Israeli Defense Force had flattened the hospital remember we had this controversy right right and, yeah and and when and when he was you know confronted with the facts he says I don't I don't have a problem with what I said. And people are going like, what? You said the hospital was flattened, and they remember 500 people killed, the hospital's yep. flattened. And if you know the whole crazy story of this particular incident, there is one of the TV channels in, in, uh, um, uh, in I, my mind's gone this morning, in Israel. Okay, one of the TV channels, and they have a tower cam. We used to have, uh, somebody, somebody had it here in St. Louis, they don't have any more, but the TV stations would put up a camera that was just locked down shot, and a lot of times they'd stick it on their tower. Um, yeah, and Fox 2 had that for a long yes, time, right? Wasn't and, it Fox 2? Right, and a lot of the stations have TV cameras. As, you know, like Channel 5's got one that they can take a shot at the airport anytime they want. Anyway, one of the, a, the Israeli TV stations had a shot of Gaza City, and it was a long shot, and it was taken at night. It just sat there. It was a static camera shot. Mm -hmm. And... You see the time code on the, and they have it with time code on it, so you can see exactly when the time was, and you see all these rockets coming out of Gaza, Gaza City, and one of the rockets doesn't go up very far, and it looks like it comes down in Gaza City. That's the rocket that hit yeah. the parking lot next to the hospital. The hospital was not hit, was never hit directly. You know, although there was some collateral damage, there were people in the parking lot who were trying to get into the hospital. Unfortunately, those people were killed. But it was not hit by an Israeli rocket. It was hit by a Hamas rocket. 
Right. And this guy, this BBC guy, was well, he said, well, I looked at some of the pictures and I saw some of the other. And once again, he was not an eyewitness. He did not go to the hospital. He did not go into Gaza City to check where he's just sitting someplace somewhere else looking at the same stuff that you and I can probably see on mm-hmm. 14 different million websites nowadays. And when he was confronted with the fact that because everybody used him as the source because of course. BBC is this, you know, if BBC says it happens, it happened, you know, and, and I'm thinking to myself and the guy just won't r- walk it back. And I'm yeah. going like a dude, you know, you know, fess up to your mistakes. And just like, once again, shall I get mad at me? If I say this, I have this guy that I follow by the name of Billy Jean, not G E A, not J E A M, but G E N E. interesting guy. He's a character uh, sort of a, I'm sort of half marketing guru, half, half internet influencer, and he does a lot of training. And quite honestly, I've taken some of his training and has helped me. He deals with marketing and stuff like that. And he has this Billy Jean's rules of life, and he's have a rule thir- There's 13 rules, and it starts with rule zero. But one of the rules is everything is your fault. And yes. I have really taken to that in the fact that you know somebody says something. Yeah, it was my fault. You know, yep. and, and, and to the point where it's one of these things. And the, what's funny about it is now people go like, well, it wasn't your fault. Yeah, technically, if you really want to trace it back, the origins of what happened was my fault. I either I did something I shouldn't have done. I didn't do something I should have done. If that makes any sense. It's my fault. And why this guy will just essentially stand up and say, you know, I, I, I made a mistake, which he well, did. There, there's no first of all, there there's no. Other than the Media Research Center, which is a conservative group, there's no group that essentially audits media for for ridiculous things that they say. Going back to Billie Jean, which, by the way, I love that name. Billie Jean is not my lover, as Michael as Michael Jackson uh, taught us in 1983, I think. But Brad, exactly what you say, and you know, Brad and I had this conversation before we we did our first show together. I don't talk about my kids very often because of situations I've been in in the past uh, with people acting really creepy about my kids. But I will share this. The idea that everything is your fault is something that kids are almost never taught. Um, It's something that I've learned in the last several years. And I completely believe that, number one, if you take the mentality that everything is your fault, then you hold yourself to a more accountable standard. And back to my kids, I've told my son – maybe two or three days ago when we were having a conversation about accountability and my son is six and I told him what defines a man is taking responsibility for what he does. And to me, between you and I, Brad, that means taking responsibility for everything. Everything is your fault. And when you go into your day and you look at your station in life and you look at your situations, if you take responsibility for everything, you can't resent other people for for whatever expectations you have. Well, and, and partly, I think what drives me nuts in politics, especially not to, to throw stones, well, I will throw stones, maybe throw boulders at our current Biden administration and with, you know, uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre, whatever her name is. <laughs> I mean, they take responsibility for nothing bad. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, it's to the point where it, there's, it's like talking about the spin zone. Okay, I found this story. Here it is. This is on Fox News. BBC editor says, quote, he doesn't regret one thing after false Gaza hospital hospital reporting. BBC's international editor, Jeremy Bowen, was pressed on his initial reporting of an explosion at the hospital in Gaza on Saturday and said he didn't regret his mistakes during an interview on the network. Several media outlets initially reported that Israel was responsible for an explosion at a hospital in Gaza. Bowen claimed during his initial reports that the Al-Alal hospital was flattened. 
the, and he quotes, he says, the missile hit the hospital not long after dark. You can hear the impact. The explosion destroyed Al-Alal Hospital. It was already damaged from a smaller attack at the weekend. The building was flattened, Bowen said. It was not. Yeah. And th- this is the thing where they, well, they, and this was the, the errant missile that came out of Hamas, or came out of Gaza by one of the Hamas guys, and it didn't fly right. It's the one that hit next to the hospital. Bowen, during an appearance on BBC News Channel behind the story, said he didn't regret his reporting and that he didn't race to judgment. He said, so I bro- so it broke in, I suppose mid-evening, and to answer your question, no, I don't regret one thing in my reporting because I think I measured, I was measured throughout, I didn't race to judgment. The BBC was also one of several news organizations, including the New York Times, Associated Press, which Russia report claims made by the Hamas-controlled Gaza Health Ministry. They're the ones, they're the ones that said, the, the Israelis have blown up our hospital, and it was them. And, right. But well, this guy's not walking it yeah. back. I mean, how can you how can you state say that? How how as a journalist now that the, there's there's ironclad proof that he was wrong? How can you not say you know what? I rushed to judgment. You know. Well, I mean, he, he obviously if he leaves, let's say let's say worst case scenario for him, the BBC fires him for being radically inaccurate. You think he couldn't get a job as a content creator anywhere else? So well, why not double down? I guess I don't you know I I guess it bothers me in the respect that and and you'll probably get used to as we go down the road I'll had I had this professor uh in one of my journalism classes his name was Camille Winter K A M I L a dude and his claim to fame was and it was sort of interesting backstory that he was the Ministry of Information in Czechoslovakia and he was that p- p- position when the Russians invaded Czechoslovakia wow. to take over Czechoslovakia to bring it into the USSR, you know, when they were essentially going into Eastern Europe and conquering all these countries and essentially bringing that into the, what would become the USSR, which was, you know, different from Russia. It's all these satellite, they used to call it the, you know, the, the satellite countries. Okay. He literally was chased out of Czechoslovakia and there was a bounty on his head because when he was still uh, involved with the ministry uh, and I don't know exactly with some government position he was pushing the fact that the Russians will evil, will, were evil people they were trying to take over the country blah 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 he had a bounty on his head fled Czechoslovakia ended up in Europe and then came to the United States unfortunately he had a PhD which could not be verified because the university he went to in Czechoslovakia would not, uh, you know, verify it because under the Russians, they wouldn't, you know, he was still bad pizza, so to speak. So he was my, my instructor, okay, or my professor. And he would just grill us on things. Like we would write stories in class and he would pick them apart. He would say, well, I can see your bias here. Here, your bias shows right here. You're supposed to be a journalist. You're supposed to not have a bias. That's you're great. To, you're supposed yeah. to do it down the middle. I'm thinking to myself, what happened to that? You you can read, if you gave the same, if you had a CNN reporter and a Fox reporter standing side by side at something that happened, and then you watch, you read what they wrote about it, it would be like two different events. You know what I'm saying? And you know why, Brad? Because today, truth is not objective. And when you, when you scroll through any millennial story or even, I hate to say it, some Generation X stories on social media, you hear the catchphrase the last couple of years, speak your truth. Well, Donald Trump's truth is that the election was stolen. CNN's truth is that the election was not stolen. Facts should be objective. There is no such thing as speak your truth. There is only the truth. Yeah. 
Okay, we have to take a break. It's break time. Uh, this is uh, Brad and John. You can check out, and this is the radio station we're on is Egbert, E-G-G-B-U-R-T, Egbert. And I've showed this to a couple people, and they go, huh, what are you talking about? It's Egbert. Egbert is our owner. He runs the station. He pretty much lets us do whatever we want, which so far has been great. But one of these days, he's going to clamp down on us, and I'm prepared. <laughs> but anyway, I have to take a break at 722.